Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. It just seems to get more and more exciting as time goes by, for a lot of reasons. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we have an election coming up, uh, a presidential election coming up. We have a COVID virus exploding in Florida and other states around the country. Uh, we have, uh, well, what uh, I guess you could call it somewhat of an interesting economy, uh, a bifurcated economy. We got some companies doing extremely well, and other people are just absolutely destitute. Uh, these are interesting times. I could say the best of times and the worst of times because it sounded poetic, but uh, it's not really too many bests out there. Uh, I think the, the worst override everything. Uh, Earl Stewart on cars. Interestingly enough, this show that was kind of mundane, I suppose, uh, in a lot of respects, is now becoming interesting to more and more people because uh, cars have become something special. Uh, to a lot of people. Uh, cars, trucks, vans. Uh, personal transportation is the word I'm searching for. We feel safer in our vehicle. We don't like Uber, we don't like Lyft, we don't like taxi cabs, we don't like Palm Tran, we don't like buses, we don't like planes or trains. We're worried about that because we're in a capsule of some, some description and we're afraid of uh, contracting the virus. So. Uh, those industries are really hurting, but the retail automobile industry and manufacturing is setting new records. And uh, where I'm going with this is car dealers are making a ton of money. And uh, I'm a car dealer, I'm making a lot of money. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I'm, I'm a little ashamed. I, I somehow feel bad that uh, I have a lot of friends in the restaurant business that are literally uh, teetering and we're very worried. So it's a, it's a very, uh, it is best of times and worst of times in that sense. The demand to buy that personal transportation is very, very high. People feel if, uh, well, if I'm not gonna fly to New York for vacation, or I'm not gonna take a cruise ship to, uh, you know, wherever, Aruba uh, for vacation, why don't we just get in the family vehicle and we'll drive to North Carolina? But that's a long drive. Maybe we should be sure. Maybe maybe the old the old bucket we're driving is not quite right. Maybe we ought to buy another one. And that's what's happening. People are buying uh, later model used cars and buying brand new cars. Uh, supply and demand are a little out of whack, and the prices are going way up. So here I've come full circle. Why are we here? Earl Strong Cars is to help you be uh, avoid being taken advantage of by your car dealer, whether you're maintaining or repairing your car or buying or leasing a car. Prices are very high. As I said, uh, the margins are up, uh, largely because demand is up because of the personal car 
uh, surge in demand. And then the supply's off because the manufacturers can't keep up with the demand. There's still a little residual from the fact that demand stopped, you know, manufacturing stopped briefly uh, when this COVID thing first hit, and now they're struggling to catch up uh, for demand. Same thing applies for new cars and used cars. But there's still bargains to be had out there, and you can still buy a car uh, at the right price. And I know a lot of you are thinking about it, and uh, we're gonna try to help you uh, do that in this show, Earl on Cars. Um, before I go on too much further on my rant, I gotta give you some numbers here because you really tell us what uh, we should be talking about, and that is uh, your questions, your comments, your suggestions. Our telephone number, old-fashioned telephone, remember those? 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. You might want to write that down because uh, you could be uh, you know, thinking of nothing at all now, but somebody will say something, a caller or a texter, or maybe one of us will say something and say, oh, I got to ask a question about that, but you don't have the number. So if you write it down, You'll have it, 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. Text 772-497-6530, text us at 772-497-6530. And our very special, unique number that very few people give out, companies, uh, I don't know why they don't do it, it's really cool. It's, it's an anonymous source of commentary. And people love anonymity. And uh, I'm so proud I just said that word without stumbling of it. Anonymity. It's the first time. Not easy. Uh, With a mask. Uh, YourAnonymousFeedback.com. YourAnonymousFeedback.com. Go to that URL. You'll get a little screen there. You'll have a little box. You put your comments or questions in. It comes to us. And uh, we don't know who you are. I mean, we... If, I, if we wanted to find out who you are, we can't find out. There's a company called Incognito uh, that uh, came up with this idea a few years ago. And a lot of the uh, uh, blue chip companies out there, like Adobe and you know Facebook, I'm not sure of which ones, but for their employees, they get feedback from their employees. Uh, we do the same thing in our dealership, by the way. We get feedback uh, from uh, anybody in our dealership that wants to tell us, hey, here's an idea, or I think you're, that was the dumbest thing you just ever did. You can say anything you want when you're anonymous. So, youranonymousfeedback.com. Well, um, the phone's not ringing yet, but we hope it will be ringing soon. And I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart, uh, my co-host, uh, co-founder of the show many, many, many years ago, and the uh, female advocate that has built our audience up uh, to a respectable 50-50. 50 female callers on the average. Nancy? Thank you. Uh, first, I want to mention George, who was holding for a moment, and he had a maintenance question. George, give us a call back at 877-960-9960. And uh, I have a few things to share with the ladies. And uh, this amazing journey that we've been on that you've helped me with to build this platform, uh, I want to thank you. And you know that traditionally, uh, well, this has been a male territory, but all that has changed, and you are an important part of the show. And I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. So uh, give me a call. 
give us a call, say hello, or you can uh, share with us your experience of, uh, well, uh, a ne negotiating skill that you may have uh, utilized and it uh, really helped you to, uh, well, complete that transaction. Again, $50 for the first two new lady callers, and uh, you can give us a call at 877-960-9960. Or if you're a little shy, text us, 772-497-6530. And don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, I should mention uh, Rick Kearney sitting to my right here in the studio. Uh, he's a stable fixture of the show, one of the most important parts of the show, because he can answer most of your technical questions, and cars are complicated. Rick Kearney, uh, if you have a drivability problem, if you have a strange noise, a lot of you out there just don't feel like going into a car dealership or an independent garage and having your car repaired, because you gotta go in there, you gotta wear a mask, or maybe you don't have to wear a mask. Either way, uh, it's a problem, right? And then you go into the, the you go into the customer waiting lounge, and you're sitting around too close to some other people. And when you're in the service drive, you got people out there that might be wearing their mask kind of haphazardly, or as I said, not wearing one. So you just want to go in. So you got this little squeak. Normally, you take it in and say, "Check it out, Charlie," but you don't want to do that. So for the little problems that you're just thinking may become serious problems, call Rick Kearney, right here at the show. Call him and say, "Look, my." Uh, my car's going doodle doodle doo, and it never <laughs> did that before. And uh, he will ask you to uh, send him a recording. Maybe I, I, I don't know what Rick's going to say. That's the reason we got Rick here. So call Rick Kearney at 877-960-9960. He's our YouTube monitor too. So YouTube, and I forgot to mention Facebook. Uh, Stu monitors Facebook. Rick monitors YouTube, and I guess somebody's monitoring Twitter. So you can get us any way, any shape, form. If you want to see how handsome and beautiful we are, you can look on your Facebook, stream it at facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. So please uh, let Rick know what you would like to know about your car and uh, how important it is in the service. I, a lot of folks are saying, gosh, I know I'm supposed to maintain my car and I'm supposed to do what the owner's manual tells me to do. And I've been afraid to take it in for uh, almost a year now. What's going to happen to my warranty if I have a problem? That's a question for you, right? I mean, there's yeah. some things to be thinking about servicing, maintaining, and repairing your car. Hey, excuse me just for a second. I have to take advantage of this moment you're introducing Rick. Rick, when, how long would the list be if you were to make one of the customers who come in and they impersonate the noise that that problem is I mean, would it be a long list? How many impersonations have you heard? <laughs> uh, I've heard a few interesting sound effects that the human voice can recreate. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's been a few. Do, do a valve tick for me. How about a valve? Sicky valve. <laughs> oh, 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 but you didn't do that. That was from your skull, Ooh. right? You just wow. tapped your head there. Well, that's how it reverberates. Oh, okay. It's got a nice empty space up there to bounce around. You know, that's funny. We should do a video like that of you actually doing impressions well, yeah. of various things. Yeah. If you hear this sound, 
Well, practice up on all the stuff, all the ones. I mean, I'm amazed. That was really good. Right, that, that's going viral. Yeah. That's going to be your steering wheel video, I have no doubt. <laughs> I could just see you sitting there laughing. Anyway, okay, moving along. Yeah, we got I Stu Stewart. We got Stu Stewart over here. Hey. He, Cyber Chief, uh, Spy Master General. And uh, he's the hands-on guy. You, you know, if you call up and ask a question about uh, a late model Toyota, uh, does it have a uh, Bluetooth and this model or I'll Google that they all got than anybody else. but uh, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> he's on top of everything and uh, he's uh, also in charge of uh, our covert operation the mystery shopping report uh, listen we have a lot of new listeners too so why don't you kick off and tell them why it's so interesting and unique absolutely um, and first of all I can't believe that how long we've been doing it so we started doing these mystery shopping reports right when you and Nancy started the show oh. 15 16 I think 17 <laughs> years ago now and um, when this happened I thought well how long can this go on how many car dealerships are there in well in our area well we've, we've expanded it and the answer is it doesn't matter how many car dealerships there are because it changes daily we'll see today in our report that uh we're shopping a, a west palm beach dealership that's been there for 30 years i think and um but they're under new ownership so when something like that happens the all the rules change um nothing's the same they get new management a new way of doing business and it's a whole new experience um, well, well uh, excuse me for interrupting but I, I can still remember the first few shopping reports because uh, Stu's heard me say this many, many times. When you have a great idea, if it doesn't scare the hell out of you, it's probably not as good as you think it is. Oh, yeah. So when we came up with the idea of the Mystery Shopper Report, I was terrified because I thought uh, the radio station's going to fire me, uh, the car dealer's going to sue me, yeah. the attorney general is going to have me assassinated. I mean, I, uh, to, <clears throat> to go into a car dealership and pretend to buy or lease a car and name the name of the dealership and tell them exactly what they did. If they broke the law, uh, of all the stupid things that can can happen, yeah. and just tell it candidly on live radio, it's just gonna hit the fan. I am gonna be, and so we did one, we did two, we did three, and here we are 17 years later. We were um, kind of half seriously talking about getting you security. Uh, for yeah, real, because yeah. uh, yeah. the, the radio show and the mystery shopping reports coincided also with you revealing a lot of information, for example, the dealer fee and addendums and, and, and other tricks that were maybe were known on some obscure websites, but you really brought it to the forefront, even to the point where a lot of the car dealerships near your dealership uh, dropped their dealer fee in reaction to it. Yeah. You had a lot, a lot of bad energy coming your way, for sure, yeah. so. And you were not a like man in the dealer body. Um, but the fact is, there's almost a limitless supply of, of uh, new tricks, tactics, yeah. experiences that we go out. Dealers are amazingly smart and yeah. creative. And they, yeah. just when we think we got them figured out, they come up with something new. Yeah, a lot of dealers, if maybe if not most, uh, are all members of what these little think tanks that are called 20 groups. Yeah. And they get together a few times a year, and they all powwow together and come up with the, 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 the next uh, gimmick that they can come up with. And if they made a bunch of money on it, sold a bunch of cars, it's copied by the other dealers, and it metastasizes across the country. You know, so, the phony Monroney, the addendum label on our Mystery Shopping Report today 
was a classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably invented by a guy in Idaho, and next thing you know, it spread across the country, and then it's screwing people in South Florida now. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's, it is exciting, and it's been 17 years. We have not run out of subject uh, material, so uh, it's going to keep going. Yeah. How many mystery shoppers have you put into a protection program? Oh, uh, we haven't had to do that yet. Uh, we've been pretty careful. I think we've only outed one or two accidentally on the air. Yeah. Uh, gave yeah. away their identities. Th- things are getting a whole lot better. I know uh, for Earl and I, uh, we have removed the uh, the double locks on the door. Oh, very good. Well, some <laughs> dealers actually appreciate it and have like applauded you. And we see this on the show. People come in. They they're, they're, they need a permission structure. Somebody else to go first. And yeah. so some of them are. Well, we, we were using our own salespeople for a while, and and they they get busted because they see their pictures up on our website. Yeah. So we now we go to outside people that we uh, that's right and one other thing before I turn it back over to you um, we might need to get some help in the in the studio our anonymous feedback and the text line it gets almost overwhelming I'm, we're struggling I, get, I start to I start to sweat as we get into the second half of the show thinking we're not going to be able to get to them all we manage to do it most of the time but um, keep keep sending them in we got great yeah, questions what a, what a good problem that is yeah. let's get started on it let's go okay um, Let's see, we'll start with the first anonymous feedback, unless we got somebody on the line. Uh, we do. All right, let's do Thanks, that. Thanks, Sue. Uh, we're going to go to Howard, and uh, Howard is giving us a call from, uh, he's calling us from the Jersey Turnpike. Oh, wow. I bet you're on your way into Drive the carefully, sunny Howard. state of Florida, right, Howard? I am. The traffic is very light here, and uh, this morning, when I got in the car to leave, 7 in the morning, uh, the windshield was completely frozen. Oh, no. and it's a good thing that I added antifreeze windshield uh, fluid instead of the fluid that we use down south. I changed it to the antifreeze fluid, and that cleared the windshield off. If I had left the original fluid in there, it would be frozen. So uh, that, that's a good tip. That's a good tip uh, for people driving up north to make sure your uh, windshield wiper is uh, antifreeze windshield wiper. Good tip, Howard. Keep your eyes on the road now. You're making me nervous. I heard I heard someone talking to you. It was like a command from uh, one of your computers in your car. It didn't Navigation say. system. It's telling me to drive straight on the Jersey Turnpike. Uh-huh. It's an navigation system. <laughs> Thank God for the navigation. Yes. But the, the, the problem with the navigation system is that... Uh, uh, Toyota doesn't it doesn't update. You have to uh, go into the service to get it updated. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I believe some people have the automatic downloads, uh, but uh, usually you have to bring it in. With my car, my Lexus, uh, it automatically downloads. Well, and, it, and now we're going to Apple CarPlay, Google CarPlay, yeah. so you'll be using Apple Maps and the Google Maps, and those automatically update. Yeah, but I have a 2017, so uh, I have to bring it into the uh, service to get it uh, updated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're having a three-way conversation here. The Navigator, right. Howard, and Earl and Cars. Pretty soon right. I'll be able to talk okay. right to the computer. Okay. <laughs> Howard is driving I, to Florida. You guys are great. I'll be seeing you in the... In the uh, uh, and I'll start with uh, Toyota uh, next week. Okay, Howard. Sounds good. Have, have, have a good 
Have a good day, and thanks for taking my call. Stay safe. Thank you, Howard, for calling. Welcome back to Florida. Enjoy your vacation here. You know, okay. that computer does drive me crazy in the car, that navigation every now and then. You know, back, I mean, they're still kind of, it's still not as good as they should be, but Nancy will remember this. I was going somewhere south, and I was in Delray or Boynton or someplace, and it, uh, the, the computer didn't realize that uh, there was a, uh, you couldn't make a left turn. And so it would take me down to a crossover and say, make a legal left turn and i said okay i make a legal uh, u-turn make a legal u-turn and then i would turn around and i'd come back another ways and i'd make another it says make a legal to u-turn and it had me in an endless circle and i can imagine you, the conversation you had with the computer oh i was, I was saying terrible <laughs> things i was saying terrible things well, don't we i we, think we, that's my cue Did everybody want to hear <laughs> that uh, conversation? We, we already know <laughs> the expression on your face I have, I have a tip by the way for howard and other users of navigation uh this applies to apple carplay navigation you don't have to listen to the voice you can select eta only so it just tells you how long it's going to take but there's no voice that interrupts you every single time you reach a turn yeah. and if you glance at the screen it's still giving you the directions but you don't have uh you know a computer voice yeah. interrupting you interesting good tip okay yeah. folks before we get to Stu, he's got a lot of text to share with us i'll jot that number down 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh remember ladies uh we do have fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers and uh any question at all or just a call to say hello now back to Stu. Uh, we'll go the first question comes from facebook from our live uh facebook stream which is at facebook.com forward slash earl on cars and it's from Bob, and uh, Bob is actually one of our vigilantes. Uh, so he is, uh, he's on Facebook right now, and he's got a question for Rick. Um, you mentioned a few weeks ago how to clean your wiper blades. Can you tell us again? Thanks. The absolute best way is just a little bit of Windex or other glass cleaner on a paper towel, and just wipe those blades. Just as simple as that. All right. That's it. All right, let's jump over to uh, text. We have one from Anne-Marie. Um, good morning, little pumpkin, uh, pumpkin emoji. Happy Halloween. Thank you for providing a show that helps us, the general public, avoid the tricks, traps, and pitfalls of buying a vehicle. I have two announcements before I get to my question. Number one, don't forget to set your clocks back an hour tonight. Siri's going to do that for oh, me. Is it tonight or tomorrow night? Tell you to tonight. Tonight, tonight oh. yeah. My phone's, every clock in my house does it automatically, so okay. kind of nice. Uh, number two, Toyota is recalling 5.84 million vehicles for a fuel pump problem. Please go to safercar.gov or nhtsa.gov. Put in your VIN number to see if your vehicle has a recall. Thank you. Very true. And thank you, Toyota, thank you. because as a Toyota dealer, we make a lot of money on that, don't we? Yeah. And just as an inside thing, I mean, you like this, don't you? you folks, uh, you're talking to a car dealer. Uh, recovering car dealer, and we can tell you all the inside stuff. Uh, it's it's uh, what does the words do when something bad happens? Schadenfreude. Yeah, Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. You feel uh, Schadenfreude, German, right? Yes. Because uh, here is a problem that is terrible for the consumer. All you Toyota drivers out there, 5.4 million are going to have their fuel pumps have to be fixed, and they have to be inconvenienced, and they have to come in to Toyota dealerships. And I'm thinking, 
Gosh, that's too bad. Uh, but but it's, it's not really. Schadenfreude is you're actually getting pleasure at someone else's pain. Yeah. Well, you're not happy that people are going through this. You're just happy that there's a silver well, lining. Well, the fact that we yeah. make so much money yes. kind of tends to numb the feeling of the pain. I can't oh, yeah. feel your pain as right. much. I feel like Rick? this. Toyota is not the only one. Oh, of course. Uh, Lexus, sure. of course. Honda. Yeah. And I think a couple other manufacturers use the same that same fuel pump from yeah. that manufacturer. Exactly. And so they're all seeing issues with them. But yeah. don't be timid, folks, about bringing your car in when you have a problem because the, the car dealers make good money. Yeah. And uh, Toyota uh, pays and Honda pays and Lexus and Chevrolet, they pay a lot of money uh, uh, for a medium-sized recall. I'm just going to pull a number out of the air. Three or $400 is... is, is is about what uh, the dealer makes, and then of course the technician gets a nice fat commission out of that. So we we don't say we like these recalls to happen. We say that it's helpful to our economy and to our yeah, car dealers. Exactly. The manufacturers don't like them. No. But the car dealers do like them. Inside scoop. I'm sure that that cost is built into their uh, their pricing structure. They're gonna they gotta assume you know when they. They're going to be spending millions of dollars, especially since in the last decade, yeah. this has been the golden era of, of recalls ever since the big sudden acceleration recall sure. from 2009 to 2010. All right, back to Anne-Marie's question. Um, she, all right, so the, the check here for recalls. I lost my place. Oh, here we go. Uh, now for my pesky question of the week from Anne-Marie. I can't help wondering, do dealers get put through the proverbial ringer when they go out to buy a vehicle personally that isn't the same brand as their own dealership. Say, for example, Stu, you wanted a Ford F-150 or Chevy Silverado instead of a Toyota Tundra. Do dealers face the phony Monroneys and the dreaded box? Or is there a professional courtesy extended to other dealers that the public can't expect to get? How do dealers get treated when they go out to buy a vehicle? Just wondering. Thanks. Well, as most car dealers have friends that are car dealers of other makes, and uh, I bought a Lexus, and I bought it from JM Lexus and uh, Coconut Creek. Uh, I have a relationship with that Lexus dealer because Southeast Toyota, which is the distributor for Toyotas in the Southeast United States, owns that Lexus dealership. So I get a really good price, and uh, they don't even charge me a dealer fee. Isn't that nice? And so, yeah, uh, most car dealers have relationships. And if, if, if you sell Chevrolets and you want to buy uh, a, a Buick uh, or you want to buy a Rolls-Royce, we had a um, Jimmy Bryan. I don't know if anybody out there remembers the name. Jimmy Jim, Bryan. Jimmy Bryan. He's a, he was a Toyota dealer. He was a pioneer Toyota dealer, and I think he's still around. Uh, he drives a Rolls-Royce, and uh, it was always kind of a joke. We'd go to a Toyota meeting, and all the Toyota dealers would show up, and here'd come Jimmy in his Rolls Royce. So, <laughs> so people are not shy. Car dealers are not shy. Yeah, uh, it's uh, they they're pretty. They kind of flaunt it. Exactly. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And also, if you got a local car dealer coming in, you might be working for this guy one day in the future. So there's a. Uh, you, you better uh, know which side of your, your toes is buttered on. <laughs> yeah, the manufacturers. There's another insight. This is, we're probably boring people to death here, but. Uh, inside scoop is that manufacturers dislike car dealers but they also envy the car dealers uh, they dislike car dealers because car dealers make a lot more money than they do even the executives you know you're a car dealer makes a lot of money and the let's say you're a, a Buick dealer uh, the the general manager of Buick 
probably doesn't make as much money as the owner of a Buick dealership. And every manufacturer's dream when he retires is to be able to have a car dealership. So it's a love-hate relationship between manufacturers and car dealers. Now that's, that's a really inside tip. Probably never been stated publicly before. Yeah. 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 So, so th this leads me to this question. How do you like your Lexus? I love it. I mean, I, Consumer Reports. I, I went to Consumer Reports. I said, what's the best car? And they said the, the Lexus LS 550. So I, I bought one. So for comfort, for the ride, for the gas, everything. Everything, yeah. Overall, yeah. Overall. How are you doing over there, Rick? Any comments on YouTube? Uh, MF has one coming in, but she hasn't got it typed in yet. Okay. Uh, let's go to Art, who sent in a text message. Um, why do dealers push so hard for consumers to rate them a five on the manufacturer's survey after the purchase? And is it true when they say, if you rate them anything besides a five, it will be blamed on the salesman, even if it wasn't the salesman's fault? And that comes from Art, and that's a great question. Yeah. Well, let's just say something that would be something we can put to use on the, on the subject of ratings. Uh, five star, we're assuming he's talking Google. No, he's talking about the manufacturer vehicle The manufacturer survey. rating, yeah. Well, the manufacturer's rating means nothing, and uh, it's manipulated. Uh, they will tell you that uh, if you don't give me a good rating, I might lose my job, and please, 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 I'll give you a free tank of gas. Uh, they'll make all sorts of promises. But the, the dealer rating that you get, you get is is manipulated so much that uh, it's really not okay. worth your time. But it, it is it can be true when they said it'll be blamed on them because most dealerships have in their pay plan for their salespeople have it set up yeah. where they don't hit bonuses unless they get a certain score. Yeah. And in, in many cases, I can speak for Toyota, um, mm -hmm. the, the their, their rating was based on a whole lot of factors uh, besides just the salesperson. Yeah. And if you got a bad score because the finance manager did something wrong or the place smelled funny, it'd still affect your score and it could affect a bonus. Sure. So all that did was lead to people manipulating yeah. uh, their customers or promising gifts for a good survey. Yeah. So when a dealer bragged about their high customer satisfaction scores, you could just throw that in the garbage because yeah, it was the, all manipulated. The manufacturers that, that have intelligence and care about their customers have gone away from the uh, rating on a, a email yeah. survey like to a simple, a, a simple fact. Did that customer come back and buy another car from you? Did that customer come back and service his car with you? If you sell a car or, or service a car and the customer keeps coming back, that's a good dealer. It's a real simple measurement right. and you can't manipulate it. It's called hey, retention. Uh, folks, uh, excuse me, Sue. Uh, I want to uh, give a reach out to uh, George. You called earlier and your question was about maintenance. Give us a call back. Uh, sorry you had to wait so long. That's 877-960-9960. And uh, we're going to go to Guy, uh, who's been holding, and uh, I, belie I believe that he is from Canada. Uh, good morning, Guy. Good morning. How are you people this morning? We're well, thank you. Um, my uh, reflection is that uh, last week, uh, Ford, Volkswagen, and GM just announced multi-billion dollars electric initiatives. Uh, by 2023-24, uh, tons of electric vehicles are going to come on stream by all mainline manufacturers. Uh, Tesla may be facing some pretty stiff competition. Uh, my concern is that the electrical grid is going to be overwhelmed 
and is not set up to power all of these cars. Uh, are we heading for brownouts all the time? I'd like to get your opinion on that. Uh, well, I think it's a legitimate concern, but there are ways you can get around that. And uh, uh, storing electricity is one way. The thing that always stuck in my mind is that uh, a lot more people drive during the day than, than at night, and you can, you can store electricity that is generated during the day, uh, or, and it can be used at night, or you can, you can carry it over. It's just, it isn't a, uh, a matter of consuming all the energy that's generated, and you don't have enough generators going, you have a storage backlog. I think Rick has got an answer. I think with most of them charging at night, you're not going to see that big of a difference. Uh, I think the electrical grid will handle it fine. Yeah. And then you'll have a lot of other places where people with electric cars will charge during the day when they're at work. Uh, I know there's a lot of parking places now, different parking garages, yeah. that already have spots for electric cars. Do you think, uh, Rick, do you think there'll ever be a wireless charger for a car like they have for an iPhone? <clears throat> That's, <laughs> excuse me. That's actually something that they've been working on. I believe in Sweden, they worked out a test road where trucks that could drive on this test road would actually get an inductive charge into the electric uh, system of the truck yeah. while it was on the road. Then when they moved on to surface streets that didn't have that charging system, yeah. they ran off the battery power they had stored up. So, guy, I think Yes, it, they are working on that as well. So I think the answer is I think it is a legitimate concern mm -hmm. But I think technology will will uh, take care of the issue. There'll probably be some problems. There'll be some brownouts. There'll be some problems. But technology will rise to solve the problems, in our opinion. We always do. <laughs> you still yeah, there, my, guy? My concern, yeah. my concern is that it takes you know years to build electrical facilities, and uh, I think we'll be pumping cars out faster than we can build the facilities. Well, you know, they, there's a lot of other sources now coming online, and uh, you know, people don't talk about nuclear anymore because they got a bad, they got a bad uh, you know, reputation uh, with some accidents that occurred. Uh, but you can't rule it out as an option. I think safety and control of nuclear generation is something we'll also advance. Solar, uh, wind, all of these other uh, re, uh, reusable sources are getting more and more sophisticated now. And oil is so cheap and gas is so cheap that I, I, it just it's probably a, a best situation for energy production we've ever had with all the other sources. And the fact that oil and other sources that were normally were expensive have become much much cheaper. So I don't know. I, I, you, you could be right. It's certainly going to be a challenge. Yeah, as the... Uh, um preponderance of electric cars get on the streets, I think there's going to be less demand for gas, and gas may drop in value. Well, that's true. Of course, we have hybrids now, and remember, it's not going to be a black and white shift. We're going to wake up one day, and all the cars on the road are going to be, are going to be uh, electric. You're going to have a lot of hybrids out there, and they use gas. Uh, and uh, until we really, really have a battery that'll give you a million miles, like Tesla says they have, uh, you're probably not going to have all electric everywhere. So it's going to be everything moves in, in a gradual transition. And uh, I wouldn't want to wake up tomorrow and have to drive an electric car, uh, and I don't think you would either. And that would certainly put a huge 
uh, challenge on our energy supply for electricity. I guess the only thing we can do is wait and see. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, and I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't know what your age is, but uh, I'm a senior citizen. I'll be 80 in December, and I just, I'm so excited to be able to uh, see the, the change in technology from the time when I was a kid to today. Just exciting. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning and to find out what's new, and it's always something exciting. So I love it. Yeah, well, I'm a senior as well, so uh, I agree with you 100%. Anyways, I'll let you go, let other calls come in, but I uh, always enjoy listening to your show from up north here. Great and call. I will be in Florida in two weeks. Oh, <laughs> Thank great. you very much. Thanks so much, Guy. Give us a call. All right, bye-bye. And enjoy the uh, sunny weather when you get here. YouTube over here. we got the first YouTube. Well, we've actually got a couple of come in. Uh, the first one from Marco, he says, I stay on top of technical service bulletins that are issued for my car, and I've recently found one that has to do with updating the software for the transmission. I've learned that a TSB is different from a recall, and he's asking, are customers proactively contacted about a TSB similar to a recall, and what are the differences between a TSB and a manufacturer's recall? Well, a technical service bulletin is actually a, a used to be paper, now they're just sent digitally it's information sent out to the dealers and to the mechanics to tell us about an issue that has been seen with certain cars and a common problem that they've been having and how to repair it these are normally things that are only covered under the normal factory warranty and once that warranty runs out then it would be up to the customer to pay for the repair a recall is when a problem has been found with the car in such great numbers that they are issued a recall and the, it, basically the customers are all notified of the recall. They are brought in and the vehicle is repaired at no charge and generally it's no matter what the mileage or age of the car is, that recall still gets done at no charge to the customer. And Marco, the important thing to remember is that you will not be notified about a technical service bulletin. The manufacturers, which I think is a terrible thing, uh, require their dealers not to tell you about technical service bulletins. You are, uh, dealerships are instructed only when a customer comes in and complains about a symptom, then we are allowed to fix it under the technical service bulletin. So you might have uh, a squeak or a rattle or a condition with your car and you're liable to hear from somebody, well that's completely normal, they all do that, and you just never ask to get it fixed. Uh, I always recommend that you uh, ask if there's a technical service bulletin, if there's a condition of your car that you feel it, it shouldn't be acting that way. There's something wrong with it. There's an odor, or a, a smell, I mean, a, a rattle, whatever it may be, vibration, uh, something bad about the car. See if there's a technical service bulletin. And you can go online, and if you're driving a, a 2019 Honda Accord, you just go 2019 Honda Accord, technical service bulletins and you will find out if there is one and then you take it in um, but as I say uh, some people call the technical service bulletins hidden <coughs> warranties and they are hidden because they don't send a notice out to all the people that have that model yep. because you're the manufacturers rationalize that say your car might not be doing that they don't all do that so they don't want to have to spend the money and pay the dealer uh, to fix it if they don't have to. And if you don't complain, they don't have to. Okay. 
And Gregory Tunnell is asking, there's a used 2012 Toyota Tacoma I've been looking at with mileage 134000 Do you think 10K is a reasonable price for it? Stu, that one seems to be right up your alley. Yeah, you had to surprise me with that one. Let me look it up, and, I'll, and I'll, before the end of the share, I'll come up with a good price on it. Okay. And one last one. Uh, Boston Ma is asking, is it true that subprime dealers make five to ten grand on a sale of a car? I know there's a lot of profit in subprime more than prime. Okay, subprime means uh, dealers that sell cars to people with uh, bad credit, real bad credit. And uh, I used to be, uh, uh, we call them buy here, pay here. I used to have a buy here, pay here dealership called Stewart Select Cars on Okeechobee Boulevard. And it was uh, one of the worst experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Very, it's not fun. <laughs> what you have to do is you have to charge extremely high interest rates. Uh, it is true that they, on paper, have to make a lot of money. And the reason they have to make a lot of money when they sell you the car uh, in terms of interest is because most people that are have bad credit uh, don't make their payments. And so then you have to go find the car and you have to repossess the car. That's always a nasty thing. Uh, I remember I had a repossession guy. Uh, he was about six foot eight and uh, just terrible things. I, he was very good. I never knew exactly how he got so many cars back, but he would, br- <laughs> he would bring the cars back and, and it was just a dirty business. So uh, it's refined now. There are more controls and the buy here, pay here laws for the subprime dealers. There are sophisticated, honest dealers in that business. Uh, we uh, did a mystery shopping report on a Bill Wallace, Easy Pay Cars. Great place. And uh, we gave him a high rating, extremely honest. But uh, it didn't always used to be that way. But if you buy because the bank won't finance you or the credit union won't finance you, if you go to a buy here, pay here, a subprime dealer, they're going to charge you probably the legal maximum. And the legal maximum in Florida on a used car is like 30% or 35%. Before it becomes usury, it's really high. Really high. Yeah, I think it's in the 30s. Yeah. And, uh, it's state by state, but yeah, the Florida exactly, usury. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Wow. Right, you, all, you all caught up there, Rick? We are caught up. Okay. Okay. Um, Bob on uh, has a follow-up question. We were talking about the manufacturer, the, the sales surveys, and Bob wanted to know, do Google and Yelp reviews help? And I can j- jump in on that. Not not very much. Um, lately, in the last few years, that's been a big push by manufacturers getting their dealers to put in programs, um, literally computer programs and you know sales programs, where they push um, their salespeople to try and get online reviews. Podium. We use a, a software called Podium. Right. right. Uh, now we use it differently. Um, we have it set up to, in our computer system that anybody buys a car, anybody who serves a car, automatically gets an invite to write a review. There's no suggestion on how to do it, and we don't pick and choose who gets it. It's 100% of the customers get it, so if they fill out a review, that's great. Um, but the same thing that happened with the vehicle surveys, the manufacturer surveys, they've built them into their pay plan. So if you don't get X number of good reviews, then um, then uh, you, you might not get a bonus. So. Um, what we do recommend on Google reviews uh, and Yelp reviews is read them because uh, it'll give you an idea because we see a big disparity. Not all dealers have great online reviews. Some of them are pretty terrible. 
Um, look at the three-star reviews. Uh, usually the five-star reviews, someone's either just over the moon happy with their dealer. One star, you might get somebody, it could be a crank, but the three-star review kind of tells it like it is, so we recommend looking well, at it. Let me, let me jump in there on that subject. I have a, oh, you have a phone call? We're, we're reading uh, each other's minds. Yeah. We're going through uh, the same thing here. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a, a supplementary blog on our own cars, yeah. and uh, the blog is Nominate Your Favorite Car Dealership for the Best of the Best in 2021 Awards. Now, this only applies to the folks that are in the Palm Beach uh, county area, maybe spill over to Broward and spill up to Martin, but South Florida, the Palm Beach Post for the past, this is the third year they've been running this uh, contest, for it's all businesses, but uh, you can nominate your favorite car dealership, and we've got a website you could go to, it's called nominatemistcardealer.com, nominatebestcardealer.com. And folks, uh, what better way to find out, <coughs> excuse me, what better way to find out uh, the best and the safest place uh, to either buy or service your car? Uh, so you uh, definitely want to take a look. Uh, Earl's holding it up to the camera. Uh, nominate your favorite car dealership, the best of the best for 2021 award. You know, there's nothing better above for a decision on where you buy your next refrigerator or television or car than your friends and neighbors and people that have dealt with these people. So it's, it's, it's a really good idea to be able to uh, have a list every year. You can go to the best of the best uh, in uh, Palm Beach Post poll for 2019 and 2020, and this is the one for 2021. So uh, if you want to go to nominate your best cardealer.com, nominate bestcardealer.com uh, you can vote right there and when this thing is completed you actually have to choose from the nominations in December and then uh, if you if you had a great experience at uh, Easy Pay Car in Martin County nominate them if you had a great experience with Schumacher Chevrolet nominate them find out nominate the, the car dealer that you know of with personal experience or otherwise that you trust and nominate them for the best of the best award in 2021. Nominate bestcardealer.com. Yeah, and so uh, Palm Beach Post, um, they introduced the award uh, in 20, 2019, I think it was. Yeah, 2019. And uh, also, uh, I want to tell you that you have until November the 11th uh, to, uh, you know, get that vote. Get the nomination then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's okay, good. Okay, I haven't given out that phone number for a while. Lines are quiet. Give us a call, 877-960-9960. As I always say, folks, you make the show. We appreciate you, your information, your opinion, and uh, just being with us, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I'd love to hear from you at www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. Jumping back over to Facebook, uh, we have a follow-up question. We were talking about electric vehicles. From Excuse color. me. Yes. We have Frank on the line, and Frank is calling us from Jupiter Farms. Hi, Frank. Well, good morning to you all. Good morning. Hey, everyone's saying hi. I appreciate it. Let me tell you what's going on here. I decided to um, 
did an oil change for my girlfriend's Lexus, and we went to a local tire kingdom. Yeah, and how'd it go? Oh no, no. Hello, uh, I was trying to call Earl Stewart. I think we got a, a bleed over on the lines. I think Frank just got dropped. We got somebody else on the line. Who are we talking to? Okay, my name is Walter. I just heard. Uh, I just heard uh, uh, Earl's wife said that she didn't have any callers. But I wanted to. <laughs> I'm a first time caller. I just wanted to. to uh, call into the radio program. Oh, great. Thank you. You're on air now, Walter. Okay, great. Hi, listen, I bought a car from you in the past, mm -hmm. and it didn't work out. This was several years ago, and Terry was the sales manager. Oh, Terry Chapin, sure. Oh, yeah. Right, he drove a blue pickup truck, and they had a golf clubs in the back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, he was a good guy. He said, look, go to the back lot, pick out any car you want, we'll make a deal. So that worked out great. But here's my question. I live in Stewart, and the Toyota dealer up here told me we will not put a car used on the lot, excuse me, that has over 100,000 miles. We're going to take it to the auction. Why are all these high-mileage cars appearing on a dealer's lot? And what about timing belts and uh, serpentine belts? Well, Walter, are these dangerous cars? Walter, what, what's a dangerous car mileage-wise today is entirely different than it was uh, 25, 30, 40 years ago. Today, a car with 100,000 miles is just getting warmed up. If you take a, if you take a, a well-maintained car with 100,000 miles on it, had all the manufacturer's recommended maintenance done, uh, uh, it's a good car, and you've got another two or three hundred thousand miles to go. Yeah, and Treasure Coast what? has fourteen of them in their inventory right now. <laughs> yeah, Treasure Coast Toyota. As uh, Stu just Googled and went to the uh, website for Treasure Coast Toyota. Sorry, four, they have four. I'm sorry. They, four. They, yeah, they have four cars with over hundred thousand miles. So whoever you're talking to there, either didn't know what he was talking about or was uh, stretching the truth. Well, okay. Here's the deal. I had a '96 Toyota Corolla. Mm. The wishbone, you know, the front suspension, the wheels fell off on me practically on 95. Wow. And the dealer said it was due to stress on the parts. Now, the car had 170,000 miles, but there is stress when you go over bumps, et sure. cetera, sure. that it's hard to predict that. But well. my main question is, why did Toyota Stewart, and I know you're not Toyota Stewart, no. why did they tell me a year ago they would send these cars to the Orlando Auto Auction? Well, it was a salesman's talk to uh, try to um, make you feel more secure about buying a car, and he was probably trying to make you believe that anything, he was going to say something you probably, he thought you'd understand. Yeah. Uh, by making it uh, simple. Yeah. A good salesperson picks up on someone's wants and needs, and you're clearly very concerned about that sort of uh, yeah. thing, and so yeah. he, he emphasized it. Yeah. But yeah. if I were to buy a car from you or AutoNation or these other companies that are listing these cars, do any of these cars have available warranties? There are extended warranties yeah. that are available, and you can purchase those. There's some uh, Certified cars are quite common. And that is the manufacturer's extended warranty that they put on their particular make car. So if you're buying a Toyota, Treasure Coast Toyota, and you buy a certified car there, 
it'll be a warranty by Toyota. But in other words, if we're, if I'm buying a car that has 150,000 miles, it's as is, no warranty. In most cases, yeah. Um, and also, whether a warranty is available depends on the vehicle. If you had a 100,000 mile uh, uh, Daewoo, uh, you probably wouldn't be able to get a warranty on it versus a 100,000 mile Honda. So it depends on the vehicle. So and then also the the cost. So the 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 bigger the risk to the insurer, the higher the cost of that warranty. So if uh, you get a much cheaper warranty on a brand new car than you would on a car with a lot of miles on it. But I mean, I don't mean to go on about this. But where I'm getting at is there are very serious issues regarding, say, timing belts or a timing chain. Once you head up into that high mileage zone, some of these cars could be dangerous. Well, you want to look at the maintenance record if you could get it. You can go to a Carfax report, and oftentimes you can get a good maintenance record. You can talk to the previous owner, but the one thing that you always have to do if you're going to buy a car, if you're going to be cautious, which you should be, any used car, take it to your own mechanic. Take it to an independent mechanic, not a mechanic at the car dealership you're buying the car from. Go to a third party and have him check the car out. So that way you can get yourself a real bargain by buying a higher mileage car because it can be in excellent condition. Or you can be warned off that, hey, I know this car looks good, but apparently it hasn't been maintained well. And the timing chain, as you mentioned, the timing belt or any other issue, uh, they will detect this when they check the car out carefully. You have to pay for it. You might have to pay $150 to have them go over it. And that's not to fix it, just to diagnose it. And then they can say it needs this done, this done, this done. Or sometimes they'll say, stay away from that car. It's, you're, it's a trouble waiting to happen. But before you would put a used car on your lot, you would do your own inspection. Sure. Yeah, we do a, um, any reputable car dealer has a check sheet, uh, whether it's a certified or not certified, there'd be a dealership check sheet that it goes through. If it can't pass the check sheet, then you take it to the auction. Uh, but you don't take it, uh, any car to the auction anymore based on mileage only. Uh, you know, we'll sell a car with 200,000 miles on it if the car has been maintained well, and it can be a real bargain because you can drive it for another couple hundred thousand miles if you take care of it, and if it's a good brand. I mean, uh, Stu said earlier, Daiwoo, I'm not sure whether it's a good or bad brand. Bad. I, could, I could tell you a bad brand would be a Fiat. I wouldn't buy a Fiat that had 20,000 miles on it, but I would buy an Acura that had 200,000 miles on it in a heartbeat. In other words, so what you're saying in lack of a warranty... Your protection as a consumer is to take the car to a garage and have it checked out yourself. Yeah, yeah. you want to have an independent third party check it out, pay him for it, for his work, and then he'll have a recommendation. Either buy it, buy it, it's a great car, or if you want to buy it, have this and this and this fixed before you buy it. Then you can negotiate that into the price you pay. But, but you would not offer, per se, any warranty on the vehicle. Anything over 100,000 miles of warranties are rare, but uh, I'm not a big advocate of warranties anyway. I think that if you buy a good quality brand car, make, make your model checked out, then uh, you don't need a warranty. And uh, uh, if, you, if, if you buy the warranty, it's like an insurance policy. I, I look at it mainly as peace of mind. Walter, thanks very much for your first time caller. We appreciate it. I hope you can call back again. Okay, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right. Okay, bye now. Okay, let's uh, move along here. Okay, uh, we jump over some anonymous feedback. Uh, 
Treasure Coast Toyota, here I come. Thank you for shopping Treasure Coast Toyota, Earl. Now we know what to expect when shopping there. I love Toyotas, and I love it even more when I know what to expect at the Steelership. Steelership. That's what they <laughs> coined for visit the Steelership. That's great. Um, I saw this one came in this last week, and I will, I will start by saying I'm skeptical, but who knows. Last December, I negotiated $27,000 off a $96,000 MSRP on a 2019 Audi A8L. I can tell you that the Audi A8Ls do their MSRP is up in $85 to $97,000, depending on equipment and trim level. It says Audi was holding the 2020 models at the dock in New York and wouldn't release until they cleared the 2019 inventory. Offered a crazy price to four dealers, and one finally accepted. Uh, $9.99 a month for 42 months, 3000 down. Um, I was a professional negotiator for a major company for 35 years before I retired. You read that one too, right? Yeah, I read that. I, I had the same feeling. I mean, it could be legitimate. It might not be. I mean, if you're, if you're a good negotiator, and, uh, you know, I, I, we all know a good negotiator. Most of them are lawyers for some reason. And you get a good negotiator, they can go in there and they can beat a dealer to death and get a great price on a car. And... Uh, but if you're not, then the dealer gets a great profit on you. So I don't like the system. I, you know, it's designed for professional negotiators, and they can get a good deal. I can win. I'm just not familiar with any vehicle luxury that has a, a markup anywhere near that. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, our Land Cruisers, uh, the Toyota eight, Land Cruiser. About 8000 Yeah, I yeah, know, but that's, a, that's not a, you know, a high-priced car. Okay, yeah. folks, uh, we have uh, Frank uh, giving us a call back. Sorry about that, Frank. Glad you called back. Uh, Frank's from Jupiter Farms. Well, good morning, guys. Hi, Frank. Hey. And um, for Stu, um, thank you the other day for that call. You're um, welcome, Frank. For Miss Adams. I did try to call. I had a feeling since that hurricane was heading down her way, yeah. I'll be able to get in touch with her next week. Yeah, they are located in Mobile, that. right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I took a Amory's car over to a uh, tire kingdom near where she lived for convenience factor and my goodness um, it's amazing how they scam for shop repair stuff they advertise a 49.95 oil change and filter and everything and i said that's the price right that's the price well until you pick it up and then it's like in the 80s because wow. they got labor charge they got disposal fee they got this they got that um and of course, the guy who told me the price in the morning was not there when we got the car, and the attitude of the guy who tried to get um, um, to pick it up because we didn't buy a battery. He said that we needed a battery, and it was $159 or something. Anyway, uh, it was a unique situation. How's the best way to handle that? Try and go back and see the guy that originally told me, or just go ahead and dispute the credit card, or? You know, Frank, I can. I tell you what I can do. I can get you the contact information for the president of Tire Kingdom. Uh, I wrote a, a blog on Tire Kingdom for, uh, similar to what you're talking about a few years back, and uh, uh, I got a letter from threatening litigation from the president of uh, Tire Kingdom. So we went out and did, an, did another mystery shop on another uh, Tire Kingdom outlet, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't nearly as bad as the first one. So uh, uh, we dropped it there. but. Uh, if you really got a flim flam, I'll have to check, uh, do a little search in my um, PC. I get you his contact information and call him. That's always the best way. If you get to the top 
of an organization, oftentimes they don't know what's going on in the trenches. And the, this particular Tire King outlet, they probably got some people in there. They're all they're all in commission, and uh, and and they're out there to make as much money as they can. Everybody comes in, and it's a flim flam. So uh, maybe they're violating some of the policies the Tire Kingdom has in place. I'll try to get that for you, and I'll I'll email it to you. I, I, I would thank you very much for that. I appreciate it very much. You're very welcome. Just, you know, shop fees of $25 or something. I mean, oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the, the, the tire industry in general, uh, they're a lot like the car retailers. Uh, they, they've turned into a bait-and-switch masters. And when they tell you a tire costs this, it doesn't cost that. An oil change costs this, it doesn't cost that. They give you a lowball price, you come in, they slam you, you pay up uh, sometimes twice as much as the advertised price. And because everybody does it, you take it and you go home. And uh, that's the way it is. I and mean, we have very little enforcement of our laws. Uh, bait and switch is illegal by the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, you're not allowed to advertise a price and then in the fine print add back to the price. The Federal Trade Commission says that's illegal. You must have anything that affects the pay, the pay, what you pay for the service or the product. Anything that changes that price has to be conspicuously displayed in the same size font uh, as uh, as the price itself. And nobody does that, including Tower Kingdom. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just put it down there for other people in the listening audience can also like buy or beware. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, th I thought I was pretty savvy, but I, obviously they slipped one in. So, yeah. Yeah. How, by the way, how's the um? Uh, what's that thing? Um, the, the, the 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 rodeos or not the rodeos? What's the um? Oh my goodness! What are we called? It can help people out. All oh, the Rico. You're talking about the Takata airbag? No, 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 no. The vigilantes. The vigilantes. All the vigilantes. Yeah, vigilantes. <laughs> we we have what a, a half dozen people. On the payroll? Yeah, currently, well, don't say payroll. You're not getting paid. This is a volunteer service, of course, for the goodness of your heart. Uh, I think we have five listed online right now. We have uh, Maryland, New Jersey. We have a few in Florida, and we got some more to put up because last night I got some applications that yeah. came in. So nope. if you're listening, guys, go to earlsvigilantes.com and volunteer. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty excited about that, Frank. Yeah, I, I thought that would be a great little lead-in for you guys. So there's your free advertisement. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Have a good one. And you're, uh, we're counting on you when you get when you get through all this other stuff. You got to sign up as soon as you clear your plate. Well, I, actually, I did sign up a, a week or two ago. So uh, I was, I was just being merciful on you because I know that you had some stuff that you're you're working out. <laughs> Lots uh, of we're, stuff. We're gonna we're probably gonna take a drive, Amory and myself. So um, okay, we're, we're, we'll see. Hopefully, you won't read about me in the newspaper. Good luck and be safe. Thanks, Frank. Thank take care, Nancy. Give us a call again, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, don't forget we have the mystery shopping report coming up. I know you won't forget. And uh, what we usually ask is uh, for you, uh, our listeners, to vote on that mystery shopping report. Help us to uh, maintain uh, the good dealer, bad dealer list by voting. Uh, we are going to go to John in Palm City. Hey, John. Good morning, John. I think we may have lost John. John, are you out there? Radio Land? 1958, I was still a student, 
and they came out with the law with Monroney MSRP stickers. It was a great law. Glad we did it today. Unfortunately, they take advantage of the dealers by putting a phony one next to it. <laughs> but at the time, I remember distinctly, I worked with my uncle, and the law just came out, and he was told that only he, that's a federal law, can remove only the consumer the, the window sticker that's attached to the car. Only he can do it. The dealer can't do it unless you, you know, designate that he does it. But today, I see an abuse, especially a friend of mine that lives by Fort Lauderdale. He's looking at some upscale cars, and he notices that the Monroney or MSRP sticker is not attached directly to the window. Some of them are sitting on the seats. Yeah. Some of them are, are the uh, dashboard. One of it, he said, was even, I think it was a Mercedes, was on the rear of the car, the seat. Isn't it a federal law still today that that Monroney MSRP sticker must be attached to the window yep. on every new car? Yep, and only the consumer who bought it is allowed to remove it. Even the salesperson Well, it looks it. like if you, when you do the dealer shopping, especially it seems for some reason on the upscale cars, it's not attached directly to the window. They're there, but they're not obvious where they're located. So I do see a very big violation in that, and people don't notice that today. It's there, yeah. but it's not where it's supposed to be. It's also more and more difficult. A lot of the cars, especially SUVs that have privacy glass, um, it's really difficult to read. They stick them on the rear window, and those windows are tinted, and you got to cup your hands around it and put your face up to the glass to, to even read the details on it. So I think there's all sorts of problems with that. But at least it meets the law and it's attached to the window. That's true. Um, I've seen, I think I even saw on the pictures from today's mystery shop where they had a window sticker that was laminated. It looks like it was taken off and then laminated to like put on the dash and that was for a, a vehicle they displayed in the showroom. Um, that's, that's technically you know, violating the, the statute there. Well, I hope now that some people are aware when they go shopping that they see the sticker is obvious and attached to the window. Second question I have for Rick. I was at a station getting gas the other day, and a woman had a used BMW. When she shut it off to get gas next to me, it was running again. It's what I, I would call dieseling. So I said to her, I see she's using 87, the lowest grade of uh, gas. So I mentioned to her, I think your car has a, you know, a different grade that you should be using. And inside her uh, gas uh, entry, it said, use premium fuel only. Naturally, it didn't put the grade. And then I noticed it makes it worse. At this station, which is BJ's Wholesale Club, they only had two grades. They only have 87 and 91. Hmm. So naturally, she would have to use a 91. But are there some stations that you notice that don't have the middle grade, which is probably 89? And would it be a big difference from the 89 to 91 if it was available in there for her to use in that car? She bought it used. She didn't have any owner's manual. And I said to check with the dealer as to which grade you're supposed to use. But naturally, I could see that the 87 would not work in it because I shut it off to get gas. The engine kept, you know, boop, 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 I call it dieseling. Yeah. Is that true when you're using the lower grade and the car calls for premium? that you got to switch your rate of gas? 
Well, yeah, because if, if the car is intended to run premium, you really should get the most out of the vehicle. Uh, you can run the lower grade fuel, but it can cause some drivability issues. Uh, dieseling is kind of rare anymore because just the way the cars are designed, when you shut it off, the injectors should stop firing and there should be no way for it to actually pull fuel in. Dieseling was usually with older carbureted cars. If they weren't set up properly, it could actually still suck fuel in from the carburetor. But engine knock or ping is more likely, and then that would cause the engine to retard its timing quite a bit. So Okay, but could she do any damage to the car at all by using the lower grade? Uh, not really, because the, the computer should retard the timing to get rid of the ping. It just will cause it not to run as, as well as it should. But it shouldn't actually cause any damage to the car. Right, well, I hate it to be nosy, but I just thought I'd let her know when she thanked me, because she said, I'm going to stay away from the 87 and try a higher grade. Yeah. I haven't well, seen thank any... thank you for your information, and people be aware... When you're shopping, look for that MSRP and not for the phony Monroney that's next to it. And look for the original manufacturer's sticker placed, obviously, to the glass. That's Thank right. you, John. You know, one, one good reason uh, it is you should always look at the MSRP, the Monroney label on the car you buy, the new car you buy, is because it gives you the perfect tool to compare apples and apples when you're shopping for a car. So if you if you want to buy a Chevrolet and it's got a sticker price of twenty six thousand two hundred dollars, mm. as long as you stick with that general, uh, as long as you stick with that MSRP, you can compare discounts. Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to get switched, and that's what car dealers try to do all the time. You come in with one car in mind because you've probably done your research. You probably know what the good price is on that particular car. They get you on another car. Now you have to start all over again. You don't know what a good price is. So stick with the MSRP on the year make model car you want to buy. In order to do that, you got to look at the MSRP. And if they've taken it off the car, uh, then they're breaking the law. It's a federal violation. I think it's a $10,000 fine. Yep. That's why we always note the MSRP on the mystery shopping reports. Um, we tell the, our shoppers to uh, take a picture of the window sticker, and then that way they can compare when they actually get written up it's on the same vehicle. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, probably the greatest federal law that was ever passed. Yeah. Thank you, John. Okay. I look forward to the shopping report. Okay, Thanks. John. Thank you so much. We love hearing from you. Have a great weekend. You're welcome. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, you still have time to give us a call. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. How was your shopping experience? Uh, did you negotiate? Uh, most of all, when you uh, decided upon a car that you wanted, were you switched when you went into the dealership, or did they have the car that you wanted? $50 for the first two new lady callers. All right, on Facebook we had Steve who was listening in on our conversation about the electric cars. He says, what will they do with the batteries when they wear out? And I, I can tell you that right now, even though we're, and we're still in the infancy of electric cars, 
they are recycling about 80% of the components in the uh, in these electric car batteries. Oh. Usually when they get down to, um, when they say they're failure, they're like only going down like a 70%. They're still capacity, so the components are used for industrial, other consumer applications. They can actually be used for like when you're talking about electricity storage, you know, you run the, uh, you produce the power during the day and store it. Um, that's used actually in these home, home systems that are going to be coming out. So. Um, I guess that there's, they're going to get more efficient at recycling over time. There are still some toxic things that they can't recycle, and I think it's the lithium. Um, but about 80% is, is, is put back to use. Cool. I didn't know that. Okay. Let's see. Uh, here's a, a topical one. Uh, with the pandemic accelerating to new levels of crisis, what do you re- recommend car-wise, like maintenance, to prepare? Should I even risk it by going to a car dealership this fall and winter? There's a lot of maintenance you can postpone, some you shouldn't. Uh, uh, you should be checking things like oil level. Uh, I'd say you know, if you buy a new car and you've had it for a couple of years, you want to be sure that your oil doesn't fall to a dangerously low level. Uh, as far as changing it, that's not as important as having oil in the vehicle. Uh, dirty oil probably isn't going to tear your engine apart, but no oil will tear it apart in a hurry. Uh, outside of that, uh, tire pressure, uh, oil, uh, you want to be sure your tires are safe, and you want to be sure your oil level is safe in terms of the engine. Outside of that, I wouldn't worry about it. Rick, what do you think? The only other thing I'd say is, and unfortunately this is something you'd really want to have a mechanic check, make sure your brakes are up to par. Well, what is the first uh, sign of a brake, uh, brakes that need to be, uh, you know? The first thing you're going to hear, and unfortunately it doesn't give you a whole lot of warning time if you start hearing a bit of a squealing sound from your brakes what what they do is they're on the brake pad there's a little metal tab that's added on the end of it that just kind of sticks past and when the brake pad gets very thin that metal tab will begin to rub on the rotor and it's a softer metal so it's not going to scratch up the rotor or damage the rotor any but it will start making this very annoying, loud-pitched, squealing sound. High-pitched? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and let me make a note for the seniors listening, and there are a lot of seniors listening. We lose our hearing. i got the hearing aids. Nancy's got hearing aids. And there are a lot of people who can't hear those things. So uh, let me ask question number two. On the average, if you, I bought a new car, and I put 15,000 miles a year on it. And I've had the car for two years. i got 30,000 miles. I don't hear anything. The car's stopping fine. Uh, should I have my brakes checked? Uh, I would have them checked at least once a year or every other year, even at your mileage. Yeah. Simply because a lot of a lot of people live right near salt water. Yeah. That can cause big issues. Uh, if you live on dirt roads, dusty yeah. roads, that can cause other issues. Yeah. So norm- and normally we recommend you go by factor. the factory owner's manual. This is COVID-19. The question had to do with, I'm concerned about exposure to COVID. Uh, and so we're saying, you can also find a car dealer that will pick up and deliver your car. And uh, uh, that would be the ultimate. You have to pay extra probably for the pickup and delivery. But you know, your safety items, you gotta get checked. You gotta get your tire pressure, tire wear, your oil has gotta be at an adequate level. And you also have to have your brakes. Outside of that, you're covered. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, and also fulfilling our obligations of custodians of the public airways, we have to have equal time, right? There's fair, the fairness doctrine. Um, this comes in on anonymous feedback. Earl, every week you contribute to the fake panic of the fake pandemic. It's an established fact that more testing equals more cases. I never hear you talk about the 0% death rate or the way Democrat doctors are profiting from the hoax. You're doing everything you can to get the socialists elected, but you'll fail. Well, we're, we're not going to debate that. I'm sorry, uh, because it, uh, I, I think it's, it's sad that it's become a political issue. Uh, I think that uh, I think uh, my only partisan comment I'll make is that I'd rather be safe than sorry. I know that's a simplistic, uh, you know, sort of a saying, but let's say that I don't have to be wearing this mask right now. Uh, but I know by wearing this mask, it's an N95, 95% uh, of the particles in the air I'm safe from. Everybody in the studio is wearing one. Uh, let's say that I'm, I'm wrong, and when this pandemic's all over, I didn't have to be wearing this mask. Uh, I don't feel bad because it's, there are a lot of people out there, very smart people, that say I should. Uh, let's say there's some smart people that say I shouldn't. If I got two people telling me, if you don't wear it, you're going to die, and the other one says you don't need to wear it, and they're both smart people, I'm gonna, I'm going to err on the side of safety. Yes, Nancy. Earl, um, let's put it this way. What about science? That's what I just said. Yeah, science. We have smart scientists that say that it's something that should be done, and we have other we have other people that say. It's a controversy. I'm just trying to say it isn't a political issue. It's a matter of personal preference. But you cross the line of personal preference when you come near me without a mask. My personal preference is to wear a mask. So stay away from me if you don't have a mask. And I won't go near you without a mask either. But yeah. that's my personal preference. But I'll continue to listen to the science of uh, this whole pandemic. And uh, I'm not uh, for... Uh, uh, one president or another president or whatever. I'm interested in what the science have to say. Next. Uh, this one's kind of long. I think I want to... I'll try and read it fast. Uh, anonymous feedback. Dear Earl, I wanted to tell you about a new car sales experience I had with Toyota of Hollywood. While I was waiting for the finance guy, uh, uh, there was a nun in a full habit uniform crying on the showroom floor. I felt so bad I went to talk to her and found out the salesman had taken her out of the service line a couple of weeks previous and talked her into trading her old Toyota. Then when the title and paperwork went through, they repossessed her new Toyota after already sending her old Toyota some, to some garbage used car broker. They said her old Toyota had a title that was a rebuilt title and she deceived them. The nun advised that she didn't know anything about the title and had previously purchased the Toyota from the very same Toyota organization in Kendall, so they should have known um, about the titles. Uh, the nun was crying and upset and was trying to get her parking pass to the school she was working for when it was repossessed. And they said there's nothing they can do to help her. It was a disgusting scene, and I felt compelled to say something to the new car manager on the floor. His response to me was something to the effect of, it's unfortunate when a nun deceived and lied to us. I don't believe her for a second that the nun was lying. I don't believe for a second she even knew what a rebuilt title was. And Toyota of Hollywood humiliated her and left her without a car. If I hadn't already put down a payment wasn't already financed, I would have left the dealership without the new Toyota I was purchasing. The new car manager that did was a skinny little kid with glasses. I think about this often. If you're friends with the owner of Toyota of Hollywood, I hope you will relay this story to him. By the way, this happened a few years ago. 
Yeah, that's the kind of thing that we get with anonymous feedback. We don't know whether it's true or not. Uh, it sounds almost too bad to be true. You've heard the expression, too good to be true. Sounds almost too bad to be true. Uh, if, it is, uh, if it is true, it's a terrible thing. It was an isolated incident. We do know the owner of Hollywood Toyota, and uh, he would never tolerate such a thing. Uh, any retail business, car dealership or otherwise, you got rotten apples in the barrel. And uh, someone that would do that is a rotten apple by definition. And we all have those rotten apples, every retail. Even an apple store might even have a rotten apple. Huh. <laughs> I <laughs> doubt that. Why'd you, why'd you look at Jonathan when he said that? <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you, you, we're never going to get perfection. And when you have a terrible incident like that, uh, you, some things you have to write off to, those things happen. Anomalies. It's humans. Humans are humans. And they do terrible things. We have, okay. Ahead. We're going to go to Marty, who's been holding from West Palm Beach. Welcome to the show, Marty. You there, Marty? Yes. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, first thing, not to get political, but the guy that called you up, I wonder if he thinks Trump went to Walter Reed Hospital just for, for a, a fake disease. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I hear you. And the thing is this. People don't realize... Not everybody, obviously, that gets the disease is going to die. But you don't want to be the one that does. Yeah. <laughs> well put, Marty. I, uh, particularly old guys like me, I, uh, uh, it's a big difference between a 13-year-old kid uh, getting COVID and an 80-year-old man getting COVID. So, yeah, we're more concerned when we have more risk. Right. The other thing I wanted to say is, now, I've, I bought a lot of cars in my uh, 76 years. The, the thing that I watch for, <clears throat> usually I consider it a fraudulent dealership, when they put on the sticker, they put a side sticker on yeah. that says market adjustment or some other nonsense. Yeah. And when I negotiate with the salesman, I said, well, you realize, I said, I'm just looking at the real sticker. And that's the price that I'm going to negotiate with you for. Good for you. And... And 99% of the salesmen say, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. And, if they, and, and thanks to you, the dealerships that I have paid theoretically a dealer fee, I've made sure I've negotiated in the price that amount off. Yep. In other words, I'm not going to pay yeah. and then plus the dealer fee. Exactly. So they've got $1,500 extra on there. If I don't get the car for fifteen hundred dollars less, I walk out. Yeah. That's the way to I do think it. That's what people have to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're you're playing their game when you argue with them about the dealer fee. You just let them know that you can have anything you want on there. You can charge me for your grandmother's uh, breakfast. Put it on the bill. Yeah. I don't care as long as your price is competitive because I'm going to three other dealers. And if you want to, if you want me to pay for your grandmother's breakfast, add it to the price. And then I'll take it to the other dealer, and if I don't have to pay for his grandmother's breakfast, I'll buy it from him. So give me a bottom line, and I'm out of here, and I'll come back if it's the lowest price. A lot of salesmen yeah. are relieved when they don't have to deal with that. They just yeah. go straight to the manager. The guy's he's not paying the dealer fee because they don't get paid on it. It's just a, uh, just a speed bump in, in their sale process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of places, the dealer fee is on their buyer's order. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
So what they have to do is when they back into the price, you you give them here, this is what I'm going to pay. They can put in the $1,500 dealer fee, but when you get back to the top price, they got to take it off. Exactly. I used to back out Earl's 395 dealer fee all the time. Yeah, 495. 495. That's right. It was raised yeah. at one point. <laughs> we dropped it. I don't know if you ever heard of Palmyra Motors in New York State. No, but I lived in Elmira for a short period of time when I worked for Westinghouse. Yeah, well, this guy had a dealership that all the dealers there were against because he was selling cars theoretically at invoice. <laughs> and they they actually, believe it or not, they got rid of them. Yeah, I believe they, it. They, they put enough static in on them. But in New York State, they used to never, they never had a dealer's fee. I'm not saying they lost any money, but there were no dealer's fees where we were located. Oh, it, was a, it was a cardinal sin back there to show an invoice. That was back in the day when we we made big fat profits on cars, and uh, you know, our holdbacks were smaller, but we still made a profit when we sold a car at invoice. So some of these guys, like this guy in Elmira, uh, he says, I got a great idea, because it was powerful, because it had never been done before. And these dealers would put their invoice on the window sticker next to the Maroney label, and he'd actually sell you the car for that. And he was... The volume would be so high, even though the profit was lower, he was killing the other dealers, and I, I can see why they got rid of him. Yeah, this was Palmyra, not Elmira. Oh, Palmyra, okay, okay. Yeah, but anyways, that was it. He was he had the volume, you know, even if he was making three, four hundred dollars on it. Even when you see an invoice now, if you go on Kelly Blue Book and you look up and they show you the invoice, and then you see people are buying it for less than invoice. Well, you know, the car dealers would all go out of business if they were selling cars for less than they're paying for them. Well, I, I, have, to so. cor- I have to correct you on that, Marty. What's happened in the recent years is the invoices have become a playground for the manufacturers and the dealers to deceive the customers. And the average invoice right now, are you sitting down, Marty? Yes. you got to sit down for this one. The average invoice has got about $4,000 worth of profit in it. And so when the dealer whips out that invoice and shows it to you and say, I'm going to sell it to you for 500 over, run, don't walk to the nearest right. exit. Because <laughs> yeah. we had that Johnson Honda tried that trick when we did our, our last mystery shop, and they wanted to sell it for 500 over an invoice. And when we checked the price, true car price, with other Honda dealers, it was a higher price than the other Honda dealers were charging, and they weren't selling it for 500 over invoice. They were selling it for under-invoice. And, and yeah. Go ahead. So that's what I'm saying. When you see that they say this is the invoice and they're selling it for less, yeah. you know the dealership's got to make a profit. Yep. I mean, they're entitled to a profit. Yeah, they do. Well, thanks, Marty. It's uh, good to hear from right. you. You have a, have a good day. All right, be safe. Stay well. Bye-bye. Hey, Marty, did, you, uh, did you sign up for Earl's Vigilantes? You sound like an I educated said, and a great negotiator. I I do negotiate pretty good. That when that by the time I get out of the dealership, I try to work them over. Oh, but that sounds good. Music to I'll me. I'll tell ears. you what. I do I do wear a mask. Good for you. Well, you should sign up for Earl's Vigilantes and uh, help us uh, to. Uh, well, you can do a lot of investigating for us, and you can help other car buyers. 
All right, I'll think about it. All righty, Marty. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, ladies, uh, we're running out of time. $50 for the first two new lady callers. All right, we're going to go to Stu. All right, uh, Mark, who is also a one of Earl's vigilantes, uh, has a question on Facebook. He says, why do car salesmen traditionally not last very long at any one particular dealer? Seem, they seem to be on a local merry-go-round, sometimes working at the same dealership a couple of times. Very good ob- observation. Yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, a sad statement on the whole culture at car dealerships, and they, um, I, I guess people are basically honest, and uh, more so today than before. So you take a clean, we have, uh, I, won't, I won't mention any names, but we know uh, a family member that uh, went to work for a, a, a company uh, that has uh, high-pressure sales tactics, uh, and he's very unhappy about working there, but he needs a job. And uh, a lot of people need jobs today. Suppose you were a waiter, uh, and you were making good money in tips, and now your restaurant's closed down, so you go to a car dealer and you need a job. Mm-hmm. And the way the car dealers do business, uh, you know, how long can you take it? I mean, they run an ad that you know you can't sell the car for. When somebody comes in the front door, you're, you're a young salesperson, you're a car salesman now, and you greet that person and they say, I want to buy this car with no down payment for $99 a month. And you sit there and your heart's beating, you're, you're, you're sweating, uh, you don't know what to say, you stutter, and you know you have to lie to the person, otherwise he's going to turn around and get in his car and leave. Uh, how long would you want to work under those conditions? It's just not yeah. not uh, easy. And, and, uh, and also traditionally, it's a pretty brutal environment. Yeah. There's a lot of yelling. And then there's also a, uh, a grass is always greener sort of um, uh, mentality that goes around. The dealers are always trying to lure away other uh, salespeople from other dealerships with promises of you know making a ton of money and it yeah. doesn't usually pan out and then they try another dealership. Yeah. Think, think about it. every car ad, um, you know, um, this is an absolute statement, every car ad you see from the manufacturer and from the dealer is a lie. Okay? You're a car salesperson. How do you deal with explaining that to people that come in the front door? Now, you have to lie again. If you tell them the truth, they'll slap you in the face and turn around, get in the car and leave. So you have to ease them in by telling little white lies. Uh, Don't worry about the price. You're going to love the price. I'll get you a really good deal. And you have to go through the whole charade and it's hard to deal and, and work in that, in that environment so turnover is very high you know, for car salespeople. that's right all right we got a text from john in california great question it says my question is why do dealerships block you from using certain websites while you're in the dealership i noticed that while at a dealership trying to compare prices sites like kbb and others were not working why is that and should i take this as a red flag and leave your thoughts on that that's that's a hell of a red flag. I haven't heard it. I, yeah. I didn't know they did that. That's that's bizarre. Well, I can tell you this: that um, manufacturers require the dealers to block the, the survey site while you're on while you're at the dealership. Okay. So that prevents. Well, it doesn't prevent anything, but it's supposed to present, prevent salespeople and managers from giving themselves um, yeah. filling out the surveys. Um, we have a firewall, and most you know, large companies with a an, like a server system. Um, have the ability to do that and we do block Netflix because if somebody starts watching movies it shuts the whole thing down 
but in theory you can block any website that you don't want them to go to so if you are at car dealership and you can't access consumer sites to help you figure out if you're getting a good deal yeah john leave <laughs> Get out no, of I, no, I, you know all you dealers out here that's a west coast tr- trick so all you dealers on the east coast here's a really good one you can really screw your customers the california dealers figured this out first so if you go into a Honda dealership in South Florida now, you Honda dealers, listen, you can block that customer from seeing any other Honda dealers website. Yeah. And that you can block it and on the Wi-Fi system, they can control that. And they won't let you watch any competitors while you're in the dealership. That's a really good way to screw the customer and sell them a car for too much money. Make a note of that, all you car dealers in South Florida. I hope you realize I'm being facetious. Now you give us more mystery shopping uh, material. We'll look for that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about that. See, as, as old as I am, as long as I've been in the business, just when I think I've heard all the dirty tricks, thank you. Uh, who was it? That called? was John from the West Coast of California. John, West Coast of California. <laughs> I just learned something new. Uh, I mean, you can you can teach an old dog new tricks. And you just taught a whole bunch of. Uh, I taught, yeah, you we shouldn't have done spread that. Spread it around. Well, <laughs> how long is the delay? Can we beep her all out on the last? <laughs> Here's anonymous feedback. Very technical. Rick, I saw your YouTube video on what that battery indicator light means. How 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 can you tell how much voltage is in the alternator? 130 volts, 150 volts, or 200 volts? Uh well, actually, you're probably talking about amperage. Because alternators are all going to put out somewhere between 13 to 15 volts to recharge the battery. Uh, the amperage is usually in the specification sheet for the alternator itself, and usually you'd find that on the information for your car. The other easy way to do it is to get an inductive ammeter and just clamp it around the battery cable while the engine's running, yeah. and it'll show how much amperage the alternator's put out. With that knowledge, how does that affect your life? Really none. Okay. Well, some people the like only, gauges. You know, you like the RPM, and uh, you like to you like to see the you know. The only reason that someone would actually need to know how much amperage the alternator can produce is if they plan on towing a trailer or using okay. extra equipment plugged right. into the right. I, system. I, w- I withdraw my sarcasm. <laughs> okay. Um, here's a great question: anonymous feedback. Did you ever find out if Napleton really put a new computer in that Jeep? Um, to fill you all in, we did a mystery shop of a uh, Napleton uh, Jeep uh, service department, and we Rick had loosened the wire and to, to make it appear like it could have been a, a big, serious problem with the engine. Um, they ended up fixing it under warranty, did not charge our shop or anything, but it looked appeared that they had charged um, uh, Jeep a lot of money to replace the computer. And the answer is, yes, they did replace the uh, computer. We checked that oh, out. Oh, I so. forgot. I'm glad you asked that question. I forgot to ask. So they did the work, um, but uh, we chalked that up to a, um, a misdiagnosis, the cause of which remains unknown, whether it was and, intentional And the worst part about this, if anybody is listening from, was that uh, Kia? Uh, Napleton Jeep, uh, Chrysler Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if, if the manufacturer, if uh, Fiat Chrysler Jeep Dodge is listening, you should go in and audit Napleton uh, Chrysler. Yeah, just, I mean, they might be doing it completely honestly, just yeah. to find out, because yeah. you don't know. It didn't need to be replaced. It did not need to be replaced, no. no so I wonder what the, what's the warranty law say if you do something because you're stupid or you do something before you're dishonest, they charge you back either way, right? Can be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if if, they, if yeah. they catch it. Yeah. If you're raising a red flag, I mean, if they call it the CVR. It's just basically your, your yeah. average cost of warranty. If it starts spiking, they come in and yeah. look at you. 
Okay, folks, um, I think that uh, we are getting close to yeah. our, our little overtime as far as our mystery shopping report is concerned, and uh, we would love for you to vote on it. Help us to build that good dealer, uh, bad dealer list, and you can do that at 772-497-6530. Your vote's real important. Uh, we have a mystery shopping report from Arrigo in West Palm Beach. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we had a caller from the show that uh, said that the Regal dealerships have been sold. I didn't believe it. And then I heard uh, uh, later on about another rumor or somebody else, maybe another caller. And so finally I called uh, Larry Morgan, who was the alleged purchaser, and uh, texted him actually and found out, yeah, uh, the Morgan Automotive Group, uh, and I didn't know he'd bought this many. I knew Larry Morgan way back when he first started uh, in business. He sold his tire company uh, many, many years ago. Uh, for a ton of money, got bored, didn't want to retire, decided he'd buy a car dealership, and that's how we met. He was on the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. We were on the board of directors together, and uh, he helped me out with some things, and uh, he's an honest, uh, hard-working, smart guy. And he bought uh, the Arrigo dealerships. Uh, I, I didn't realize they had five dealerships, but they do, and uh, all five of those have been sold to Larry Morgan is sticking under the uh, Rego brand, uh, interestingly enough, and uh, he does that with all of his dealerships. He doesn't use uh, Morgan, and he also, uh, kind of like Terry Taylor. Terry, Terry Taylor does this uh, with a whole bunch of stores too, but uh, you keep the name, uh, the store you bought, or you come up with another name, you don't use your name, and that's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm kind of sad about this because I've known the Arrigos for a long time and I just have to say that uh, we've had our differences. Uh, uh, I sued them, they sued me. Uh, it's, uh, it was resolved. Uh, not satisfactory for me. had to do with the Takata airbag issue. I won't go into that. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're still friends. Uh, that was business. I knew their father, uh, Joe Arrigo, uh, who was the uh, first uh, car dealer in the Arrigo family, and then they expanded uh, considerably from there, and their success has been phenomenal, really. Uh, they jumped on this Chrysler Jeep Dodge thing, and they have done extraordinarily well. So, uh, we love their commercials. Uh, they're still on the air now, Arrigo, uh, because they're funny, and uh, uh, they've been on our recommended list mostly, I think. Have we ever had them on our do not recommend list? I think concerning the Takata airbags. Yeah, maybe. Or before we start grading on a curve. Yeah. So anyway, we'll miss the guys. Uh, I, uh, I hate to see them retire. There, did you know that Stalupi sold out? Uh, no. John Stalupi, a lot of you, and I know John from Palm City knows Stalupi. Uh, he was a New York dealer. A lot of the a lot of dealers are selling out now, and uh, there are new groups coming in and old groups leaving and public companies coming in. The whole landscape is changing, but uh, but I digress. When there's a change in the ownership of a car dealership, it's guaranteed that there will be a change in the way the new owner does business. Considering the enormous footprint of the five Arrigo dealerships, the Morgan way of doing business will have a big impact on consumers in our area. Now, I think it's going to be positive. From what I've seen, uh, what I know about Larry, and you know, we'll be shopping him. It'll be objective. I mean, I know a lot of dealers. I know. Just because I know the dealer, I talk about Bill Wallace a lot. 
you can be an honest guy with good intent, but if you don't stay on top of your operations, you can get yourself in trouble. Schumacher, I know Chuck Schumacher, but when you get up to, uh, here's a Morgan, 42 dealerships all over Florida, I don't know how he does it, but we'll find out how he does it, because we'll be shopping these dealerships. Uh, it's a traumatic thing when you sell a dealership. Uh, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. We'd love to hear from you that you deal with Erigo now because a lot of you might not realize that uh, there's new ownership. So I think folks buy uh, Jeep, Chrysler, Fiat, or anybody from a, a Rego dealership, let us know how it went. We'd be interested to see how the Larry Morgan way of business affected you. Uh, where am I here? I kind of ad-libbed up to the point. Okay. Uh, in August, Agent Lightning and her son paid the Arigos a visit to see if they could really get $14,000 off a new vehicle. As Agent Lightning is our female shopper. Uh, long short story, they could not get $14,000 off. For this mission, Agent Lightning uh, reprised her persona from last week's mystery shop of Johnson Honda Stewart. She'd visit the dealership, no agenda, just go in, uh, I'm going to buy a new vehicle. I mean, it's cold. Cold, unprepared, un, uh, uh, uninformed. I want to buy a new car and see what happens. That's the way most people, unfortunately, buy their cars. Here's a report. As if I am, Agent Lightning. I entered the showroom of Regal West Palm Beach on Okeechobee Boulevard at noon. I approached the receptionist, seated behind a Plexicon shield, and properly wearing a mask uh, over her chin. I looked around, observed most, but not all employees I saw were wearing masks. Uh, I think I'll send this uh, report to Larry Morgan. You know, why not? Email it, right? Uh, I'll bet you next time we shop them, they're all wearing masks. Because I know Larry well enough to know that he cares for his employees and he cares for his customers. And she asked how she could help. I told her I wanted to buy a new Dodge Challenger. She walked over to a room that was filled with computer workstations and a few salespeople. She turned and said, Chris would be out in a minute. A few minutes later, Chris emerged from the office uh, and approached as he put on his mask. We uh, introduced ourselves and I told him about the Challenger I wanted to buy. So they were together without masks and he came out and put the mask on. I think to protect everybody, you should wear a mask all the time when you're in a car dealership. And if you have a family, uh, and you have kids, or you don't have kids, or whatever you have, when you're dealing with a lot of people, somebody can be asymptomatic, and you can carry a COVID bug uh, from your 10-year-old daughter's school inadvertently into the dealership and give it to your co-worker and give it to your customer. So if you're going to wear your mask, wear your mask. You know, the biggest protection when you wear a mask is for the other guy, not for you. If, you're really, if, you, if you want to be protected with a mask, you better be wearing an N95. If you're wearing a cloth mask, you're getting about 10% protection. Uh, but I digressed. Uh, he led me, this was Chris, to find out where they could keep the Challenger. Chris told me I picked the best time to buy a new car. It was the end of the month. <laughs> Even Chris laughed at that and said, actually, every day is like the end of the month for my customers. So I think he that was, was a, serious. a truth said in jest. I think he was being serious. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But there is no good time to buy a car when you talk to a car salesman. Uh, the end of the month is a good time to buy a car, but he's going to tell you every day is a good day. Right. 
so she's probably right. We walked the enormous lot for a while. This big place, by the way, you know, that used to be, if you're familiar with West Palm Beach area, that used to be Auto Nation's used car lot. Auto Nation got big into used cars, and then they foundered, and they sold all the used car lots off, and now they're coming back and doing it all over again. So, uh, but there was a huge lot out there. When uh, Joe Arrigo, I mean, probably Joe at the time, when they bought that lot, I said, they're crazy. There's no way the overhead can support a Chrysler Jeep Dot dealership out there, and it's too far west. But it wasn't too far west. He's very successful, and uh, it's a big lot. Uh, Chris complained about having to wear the mask, saying it should be an individual choice. So we're getting, you know, here we are, the, the, the politics. Probably not a good idea for a salesperson no. to raise this issue. No, particularly when you don't know what the person yeah. uh, feels. And not enforced on anyone. I said that I thought they were necessary to show the spread of the, to slow the spread of the virus. He gave me to each his own. We found a beautiful black new 2020 Challenger XX SXT with an MSRP of 29885 Next to the Maroni label, there was an addendum that matched the real window sticker in appearance. Now listen to this. Did they have this the last time we shopped them? No. I don't think so. Do you suppose this is a Larry Morgan thing? I don't know. It, they're calling it the Origo Advantage, um, and yeah. but I've never seen a more yeah. um, copious... Well, listen, listen. The regular listeners to the show will appreciate this. Listen to this addendum label. It's uh, quite masterful and well thought out, and uh, yeah. a lot of thought went into this. Okay. That's 2000 to the price. Yeah. Uh, $1,995 to the MSRP for a Rego Advantage, which consisted of exterior paint protection. Yeah, I've seen that before. Wax. Interior protection. I've seen spray. that before. Spray. Uh, door edge and cup guards. Uh, that's a lot of them, right? Rain repellent. Highlight UV protection. Cabin sanitation. That's a nice touch there. Uh, interior Antimicrobial, staying up with the times, COVID. Uh, Anti theft, van etching. Nitrogen filled tires, we're leaving nothing out of this addendum. $50 tire repair credit. Ooh, that almost sounds like it might have some value to it. Premium roadside assistance, not just regular, but premium. Top of the line. Top of the line. Stolen vehicle assistance. $2,500. Nope, nope. The 25 is for the next thing. Oh, stolen vehicle assistance. Okay. If you want to steal a vehicle, the, they'll help you the, steal they'll it. They'll help you steal it. Okay. Yeah. Probably make the keys. That's a lot of value to that. $2,500 collision credit for 90 days. So if you wreck your car in the first 90 days, it seems to imply that they would uh, pay $2,500. Somehow I doubt they would, but we don't know. But wait, there's more. Welcome kit with car care products and... There's even another one. Customer mobile app. Don't charge for the app. Don't charge for the app. Now, that's the most thorough. Uh, I've never seen a denim label with that much stuff on it. Nope. Chris suggested a test drive looked, uh, to get the keys and the plate on the drive up down Okeechobee Boulevard. Chris told me about the complimentary XM radio subscription. I think that kind of goes where the manufacturer gives you that, don't they? That is true. Though he did say in this... The, you get a year a complimentary, and most manufacturers offer three months. And it is true, Toyota offers three months. Maybe oh, okay. uh, Dodge offers more, or maybe Arrigo's paying for it. Well, it's very smart that he remember that. So that is that is good. 
He told me how he considers his customers to be family, and he keeps in touch with them for years after the sale, and assists them with the servicing on their vehicles. I wouldn't buy a car from somebody who told me that. And, 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 and yeah, well, <laughs> don't leave me alone. <laughs> there are a lot of salespeople. Well, this, this is there's good and bad about this. Yeah. There are a lot of salespeople that will take care of their customers. Drives the dealer crazy many times. They promise them free loaners. They promise them free car washes. They promise them all sorts of things. And if you can find the salesman, uh, and 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 you can make him confess he told you that, you might get uh, what he promised you. The problem is, most of the times they promise you, when you come back for your free car wash, the guy's gone. Because we talked about turnover. We find out later in this report, this particular salesperson, Chris, says he's been with Arrigo. In the next sentence. For, for 25 years, 27 years, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but he believes the new ownership will be a good thing. He said the new owner was very motivated to sell a lot of cars. Oh, that doesn't hardly set anybody apart. I'm motivated to sell a lot of cars. I think he was taking a shot at the Rigos. Uh-huh. Because he says he's motivated like the Rigos were 15 years ago. Oh. I thought they were still selling a lot of cars. It's anyway. salesperson perception. Okay, yeah. Back at the lot, Chris suggested we write this up. I said I'd drive it home today if I agreed to be numbers. But if he's telling the truth about being there, uh, how long has he been there? Yeah, for 20, 27, 27 years. years. If he's been there for 27 years, he is really unique. And he there's probably a lot of good things about the man because you can't be there for 27 years. He probably has big clients. We have salespeople like that. Yeah. yeah. John Gormley. Yeah, Tana, Todd. Uh, yeah. All pushing 30 years now. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that speaks highly for Chris. Uh, he so was there from the beginning. They opened up in 89. He was yeah. there from, I guess, 93. So, Chris, we salute you. And as yes, he asked for my driver's license and complained about the new computer system as he tried to enter my info with his keyboard. And a lot, a lot of, oh, he uh, skipped something there. He, oh, did I? Yeah, he's, 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 uh, hold on a second here. Okay, I'm sorry, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah. All you needed was a pencil and paper. The, so the old guys, you know, he's an old guy. And uh, I love the old guy. That's because I, I am an old guy, too. So that's why I love old guys. Before he left to get the figures, Chris guaranteed me I'd be getting an unbelievable deal. Now, that's okay to say that's puffery, right? Puffery. I waited uh, 10 minutes before he returned with a worksheet. Chris asked me to brace myself. You better sit down for this one before he revealed the deal. I mean, I like Chris already. The market value selling price was MSRP, 29885 No addendum. It was a $4,530. That addendum, I feel so let down. I read for an hour and a half all the stuff on the addendum, and there was no addendum in the write-up. Uh, there's a $4,536 discount, which made the adjusted price $25,349. Then he added $6.50, hardly worthy of mention, taxable fees. Can, can I jump in real quick? Sure. Because we found it later on. That entire discount that was made up of uh, of rebates from uh, Chrysler Dodge. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so they didn't offer their their own discount at all. So. Well, it's still a discount. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a discount off the MSRP. But they're making all the money. You can't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yet we found out that he was making all the money. He added a six fifty in taxable fees, a nine hundred ninety eight dollar dock fee, uh, a rose is a rose is a rose, a dealer fee, a hidden fee is a dock fee, is a hidden fee. You know what I'm saying? Next came sales tax, $930 in non-tax fees. Out the door, I was at $29,181. $29,181. Chris said he was going way below what they should be selling the car for. More, more puffery. 
And then he let me know I was getting the Arrigo Advantage package for free. So, I, Nancy and I talked about that in the car, and she thought that was wrong. And I said, I think that it's puffery, it's, sales, it's, it's salesmanship, and everybody does that. I mean, it's just, I mean, maybe that's not good, uh, but they make you think this uh, addendum label has got a lot of good stuff on it, so when they say, we're not gonna charge you for it, you say, ooh, that's really valuable. So, Makes you feel good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I stopped and say I need to step outside to call on my husband. Chris said I could st stay and make a call at the desk. I insisted on walking outside, excuse myself, made a couple phone calls, then went back inside. Uh, uh, Chris saw... Oh, he was on the phone, sorry. Oh, yeah, Chris was on the phone. So I gestured to him that I would call him back later, making the universal hand sign for a phone. I heard back outside and left. Uh, it was interesting that uh, she was able to get out there as quickly. And there was no rush to the car to cut her off. Nobody tackled her. And so that was, uh, you know, there's some dealerships where that would have happened. She'd have never made it to the car. Oh, they get points for that. So uh, here's, Stu used my word puffery in the epilogue. Uh, at the new van. And puffery's okay. The 75 item Arrigo Advantage for two grand was obnoxious, but out of the norm for South Florida. Uh, yeah, so we checked with TrueCar, and we uh, found out that the exact same model of the TrueCar representative in this area, Napleton, uh, came in about $400 higher than a Rego. So it was a good price, and uh, or at least a, you know, it wasn't a bad price. Yeah. And uh, there we are. Uh, the first shop of a Rego, when we knew they were owned by Larry Morgan, and uh, it's time to vote, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the shopping reports compare as the ownership continues, because it'll probably take a year easily before the Larry Morgan ownership is really firmly in place, and we can see how the cars are sold and advertised. I have two C's and a D, and I'm gonna disagree with these guys, and I'm gonna give them a B. A B. A B? Yeah. That's a really good score. I, I mean, there wasn't really anything terrible going on. I mean, we haven't investigated their advertising. Um, she ran into an old school, uh, good old guy salesperson yeah. who entertained her. And, you know, really, the worst thing really was the addendum and the dealer fees. But like you said, we're on a curve. And um, they were lower than the Drew Hart price. Yeah. And I, and I, think, I think we should give Chris a shout out. His last name, by the way, is Etter. E-T-T-E-R. Chris Etter yeah. at Arrigo Chrysler Jeep Dodge on Okeechobee Boulevard. Go see Chris. Uh, Chris uh, Etter is uh, he's a he's a straight up stand up guy, and if you're going to buy a, a Chrysler Jeep Dodge from a salesperson uh, in a dealership, go to Arrigo in Okeechobee and talk to Chris Etter. There we go, Rick. On YouTube, we've got Tim with a B. Donovan, they get an F for all that garbage on top of the price. When will these dealers learn it's all useless that no one wants? Yeah. Stop ripping people off. It's fee on top of fee. Mark is giving a C. Mark Ryan, a C. And myself, I'm going to agree with Stu and go with a B. Uh, I just don't see anything really unusual there. Yeah. If, you know, if you play your cards right and work the system like you say, I bet you could beat that deal down even lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but that's right. We just walked in there and said, give me a prize. So had Agent Lightning done the three shopping reports, I mean the three uh, online prices and compared, she'd have probably got a better price, but she didn't get a bad price. Nancy. I like that, Rick. Beat him down. <laughs> oh, and uh, Guy gives him a B, Guy Larvey. Oh, B. Oh, great. Uh, I didn't like the remark about the mass, <clears throat> and uh, that was a pretty hefty dock fee, $998. I'm going to give them a C. Well, i got to give them a score, too. Uh, I think I, I'm wavering between a B and a C plus. I'll go with a C plus. Uh, I really think that you're going to see an improvement in all the uh, Rego dealerships uh, with Larry Morgan. And they weren't bad before. I mean, uh, uh, the Rego stores were... Uh, you know, I think I, th I think we will see some B pluses uh, and maybe an A or two. You never know. I'm just so happy to see a guy like Larry Morgan come in, and the fact that we have a relationship in terms of I can text or call him, and he can text or call me. I'll keep him informed. I'm going to send him the shopping report and tell him what the score was, and I think he'll enjoy that. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. Okay, we got some time left here. Uh, what do we need to talk about? I had something that I had in the automotive news, and I should have mentioned this to Nancy before, but, you know, we talk about uh, car dealerships being an old boys club. Okay, we got three minutes. The uh, graduating class of the National Automobile Dealers Association car dealer class is, they have the pictures here, and I'll, I'll hold it up there. Now, you can't tell on the camera here, but there's, I think, 17, 20 graduates, and there's not one single female. So uh, I just think it's kind of uh, sad, and it's the way it is. Uh, you have very, very few female car dealers and very, very few female employees in car dealerships. Uh, you rarely see a female salesperson. Certainly, uh, managers are very scarce. It's still an old boys club. What can and, I tell you? Uh, ladies, I hope that you're still listening to the show right now because uh, there you have it. Uh, it's, uh, well, things are getting better, like I said earlier, but uh, we sure do need you. And uh, we miss you today, so there's always next week uh, you can give us a call. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Arrivederci. And uh, we will see you right here next week. Bye.